Welcome back to the Ways to Flourish podcast, where we discuss how to flourish through our challenges and elevate voices across the William & Mary campus. I'm Lindsay Heck. And I'm Eric Garrison. And today we have a wonderful episode planned for you, the Q&A day. I'm excited that we're doing this because why did we start this podcast in the first place? Student voices, faculty, staff voices, not our voices. Not our voices at all. It's a place to share and answer questions and learn and continue to grow and evolve. And so we wanted to do this Q&A day to hear what are the questions that our community has right now. And so thank you for everyone for submitting those to us online. Let's talk through these. So number one, question of the day. What exactly does flourishing mean? That's a great question. It's a great question, and it's a term that we throw around quite often that not everybody understands. And I think we define it individually. For me, I tend to think of a slinky. You know, a slinky, if you could stretch a slinky and it comes right back again, that's that's a person who's flourishing. They can go through grief and pain and stress in this pandemic, yet when all this is over, they're able to slowly, surely, steadily come back to their original state. Versus someone who's languishing, where... They, they, they're stretched and they're, they're kinked and they're twisted and they just feel like they can't come back. So I, I associate flourishing with happiness. And a flourishing person can feel stressed and, and kinked, but it, it's that resiliency factor that allows you to be able to bounce back into that normal type of slinky, you know, not the, the, the twisted, wrinkled up, uh, wrapped around, you know, slinky. But being able to acknowledge that, yes, these things are hard right now. And I think resiliency is the is the skill. I think that's mm-hmm. the uh, so resilient would be the adjective, but resiliency is that skill of being able to come back to that to that normal state, yeah. that homeostasis. Yeah, yeah. And I think that we've really provided a lot of resources in our community to have a healthy community for people to be able to reach in, learn how to build that skill set, and express that in their own way. I think the important thing too is that. The flourishing pieces across all eight of those dimensions, mm-hmm. I can never get them right, you know, alphabetically. But, you know, we're talking emotional, environmental, intellectual, all those right up through social and spiritual that that in all those those realms of our wellness that we're, we are flourishing. And so if we're flourishing in some areas and languishing in others, we know where we can focus to help have a more harmonious life. Yeah, so I think that if someone's trying to to develop that relationship, ask themselves, what is flourishing to me? I think identifying your values is the first step. And then from there, starting to explore the eight dimensions of wellness and, and develop that relationship, find that sense of harmony that you have with all of them that um, puts you in that place where when the tough times strike, you've got that ability to work through um, and come out at, at the end of it. And I just used a word a few moments ago. It, it, the The Greek word homeostasis is how we define health. It's There's a top and a bottom to that, and we can fluctuate inside. But the healthier and more flourishing, more resilient, to use your your words, that, that we become, that gap becomes greater. So we can now handle greater ups and downs mm-hmm. versus uh, a languishing person who can only handle a few of those. And you also use the word reflection, or you know, which made me think of Natoya Haskins. Mm-hmm. She says, start with self-reflection. I think that's a great thing to do when it comes to our values and where do we want to go from here. Yeah, yeah. So do you want to move on to our next question? Absolutely. All right. So how does campus therapy work? What is the best way to go about seeking mental help? I think it works differently for different people. Yeah, it does. And I think that the best place to start... People always ask how to make an appointment at the counseling center. You can call them directly at 757-221-3620. 
We know that there are a few uh, variables that go into where are you arriving at when you are at that place to access that need and connect with the counseling center. And so, you know, if you ever have an emergency, contact them right away. Generally, the wellness center is open. If you're in an emergency situation, just show up and they'll be able to help you manage that case right there at the time. Um, they've got a few different appointment styles, an urgent appointment, always call them. If you do not have an immediate emergency and what would define that, harming yourself or others, uh, if you are hearing voices, seeing things, just feeling abnormally wired, agitated, or upbeat, or disoriented, or confused, those would be defined as emergency situations. Call them for the urgent appointments and then also to work yourself through a triage appointment, which is basically you're in that state of you know that you need to talk with a therapist, um, but you're trying to decide what are the resources that are the best ones to address your concerns. And then also just for a consultation, there's that piece where I have you know a situation, I'm not sure how to approach that or uh, an issue with a housemate. And so you can also call them and work through that. You just need to ask a couple of questions. The last thing you mentioned, Lindsay, is a fantastic example of where, you know, they're they're dealing with secondhand depression or secondhand stress or secondhand anxiety because they are the roommate, the brother, the sister, the sweetheart of someone going through these things. So it could be that my sweetheart is going through a depressive state and I don't know how to deal with that. So I can go to counseling to learn ways that I can cope with that and the stress that it brings me. Mm -hmm. So those are great things that, that they can offer. Christine Ferguson upstairs is our, our case manager. And so you can go to Christine or look at her website. She's got a great page on the Counseling Center website. So if you're looking for someone who takes, maybe they're off campus and you have a very specific need that maybe we can't fulfill. And that's, that's, that's perfect because there are other people in the area who can say, you know what, I do deal with this issue or I speak that language or I am of that religion or that faith. So Christine can help, you know, pair people together in those situations too. Mm -hmm. The main thing is getting help. I also think it's very important that we don't enable each other. There are many times when we will have a student surrounded by wonderful helping students who wind up taking too much care of that person. And it goes from helping to enabling. So we will see a student who's in a depressive state where there's five or six friends around them taking shifts for, for a week at a time. And then what happens is, rather than just seeing that first individual for their depression, we're now seeing seven or eight individuals who are stressed out, their grades are suffering, their life is suffering because they did too much support. They went from supporting to enabling. So it's important that if you're in that situation that, that you get out of that and you pass that warm potato onto people who can help. And even, uh, I encourage everybody, uh, as, as Lindsay was talking about the self-reflecting piece, it's important to talk to someone initially, even if it's, you know, your priest or your rabbi, your, again, your sweetheart, someone else, to say, hey, you know what, I, I agree with you. I think that you need some support here. And they can help you find that support, too. Yeah. Seeking sensible support is always a sign of strength. Yeah, and I think the intention is always that community care, like caring for, for those around you, but very important to acknowledge when it's becoming a drain and it's impacting you and your courses in the daily life. And we have a team of professionals here at the Wellness Center and in the Counseling Center that are are there to support you with those things. So again, if you need to call them, that phone number is 221-3620. Also another great way to contact information about the Counseling Center or a variety of resources that we have available in health and wellness is wm.edu backslash wellness. 
landing at that page. It's a simple way, simple thing to remember that'll take you to all avenues of our integrative wellness approach and connect you quickly to the counseling center as well. One thing that I'd like to just end with before we go into the next question about mental health is, you know, some people do really, really well, like a third, just love it. And they, they really thrive in mental health. There's another group where they struggle, but if they can get through those struggles, they will do incredibly well. But they have to get through those struggles first. Then there's that last group. It's like, you know what? This is just not for you. There's something else out there that probably is good for you. But to say that all mental health is bad or all mental health doesn't work for me, there's large groups of people for whom it, it does. And finding a therapist is like finding a good pair of jeans. Some fit perfectly right off the bat. Some you have to stretch and pull and wash. Others you need to shrink. And then there's just, you know what, I need a different pair right now. So being aware of that, I think, is, is vital. Yeah, and we have a wonderful team available to us on campus, but that's a big part of the work that Christine does is working to help make those connections and the referrals to a community therapist for your needs. So She's like a matchmaker. Yeah, so uh, moving on. Some people feel that taking the time to focus on health and wellness is just adding to their schedules. What are some easy things I can do to pursue a relationship with wellness? Mm. And it should never be like a burden. It should. It never should feel additive. It should feel like this is just, it's actually taking parts of my life and making it better. I always look at those pillars of, you know, good sleep, good hydration, good fueling, good training, good meditation slash mindfulness. So across the board, I'd say if you have those five going for you, that's a great way to start. And if any of those are lacking, you can always come back and say, okay, it's my sleep that I need to work on or my fueling that I need to work on or my training that I need to work on. And even if you're not on on an athletic team or if you're not a coach or anything, people will ask me, well, what am I training for? Point to the window and say everything out there, whether you're training for this pandemic, a conversation with your spouse or sweetheart, the schoolwork that you're doing, the job that you have. We need to move our bodies in some way that we're training ourselves for the stress that's that's present in our lives. Yeah, that's true. I think the, my biggest go-to every morning when I'm starting my day is – a big glass of water, 16 mm, ounces, mm. start it like that, rehydrate from the evening. I know you're you're big on this uh, tip in your sleep workshop, but it's a time to hydrate. But for me, it's also that time to stop and say, okay, so how are we going to spend today? You know, what, what are we going to do? How are we going to face any challenges that come out to us? What is the person that we want to be in this day? And then with the movement piece, I know sometimes I think it's so much, well, I shouldn't say it's so much easier, but it seems easier in, on the life of being on campus to incorporate easily that physical movement into your day, you know, walking from class to class, especially if you're an on-campus student. And also everyone has a great resource at the B. McLeod Recreation Center. They're doing the appointment-based now, booking in those 90-minute times. And if you haven't worked with the equipment at the rec before, they've also got some staff on hand that can help guide you through that process. We've got an excellent, excellent group of students and also staff members who provide our fit well classes. It's a broad array. And I think it's just really, you know, trial and error. What is it that you like? What resonates really well with you? You know, seeing, trying the yoga or the body pump, you know, such a variety of things that can easily be implemented, hopefully into your schedule and just trying out a few. I'm also a big fan other than the water parking in the back of parking lots when I'm going places, just I have a 13-year-old a son. He's like, Mom, why are you parking all the way out here? And I'm like, get in those steps, buddy. 
chalk them up. Just small little details like that. I was just going to think about the grazing form of training. When I lived in Manhattan, I would get off a couple stops early and walk the rest of the way or park my car, you know, a couple blocks away at the end of the parking lot. Fantastic. Yeah. How we can incorporate those little things into our day. And it's just a start, you know, starting there. And then where you're starting to, to move your move your lover along a little bit farther, you know, and then work up to intentional walks and increasing the pace. Maybe, you know, jogging is your thing. I think of it as a nudge versus trying to take a whole leap. And if we can just nudge ourselves in those yep. directions, we get that momentum going. All right. So number four, how would you approach someone you know to suggest that they need to focus on their wellness in a sensitive way? Great question. I do this process, and I was just explaining this the other day to some medical students down the down the interstate. The first thing I say is, you know, I, I care about you. This is what I'm seeing, and this is how it makes me feel. Do you understand where I'm coming from? It gives them a chance to counter. Uh, and then you can say, you know what, I'm, I'm here to support you in whatever way you need. And that way they know that maybe not right now, but in the future, when I'm ready to make this change, at least I know I've got someone on my support side who's not going to enable me, but who's going to be there to support me. But I always start with, I care about you. And that's the why. Because I care about you, and this is what I see, this is how it makes me feel. So whether it's about smoking or an abusive relationship, uh, whether it's stress, anxiety, someone not handling this pandemic very well, I'm, I'm able to put this out there with an I statement not, hey, you need to do this, but this is what I'm seeing. And it does allow them time to reflect and come back and say, well, here's what's going on in my life, and I could use some help, or maybe not right now. So that's one of the ways that I approach it. Yeah, and being very sensitive to, as a peer, the influence that you have over your community and those that are with you. Another wonderful resource that we have on campus is the Campus Connect program coming from the Counseling Center and then also the School of Education. Suicide prevention training and students and faculty and staff are able to register for, for that program. Last a couple of hours out of your day. And that really, especially on a, you know, when we're on a heavier sense, equips you to engage in those hard-to-have conversations and also kind of tunes your mind into being able to identify and pick up on those cues mm, if it doesn't mm. seem so obvious to you and the initial piece and you know just be able to take those next steps and empower you to engage in that conversation i think it does take courage too to reach out to say to a mm -hmm. friend who's smoking or, or who is stressed or not sleeping or staying up till you know three or four in the morning it takes courage to approach them and to do that without feeling that fear of i'm going to be offensive or they're going to hate me or they're going to interpret this wrong if we can get over that fear and lead with a different value because I care about you or because I once saw a student who was performing at this level and now they're performing at that level. When we can say that without fear, then we can really help help them, you know, nudge themselves into that wellness piece. And if they react negatively to your response? I step back and say, you know what, this is what I'm seeing and I'm still here to support you yeah. if you discover that, you know, this is what you'd like to do. When you're ready. All right, so the next one is... As someone that is new to campus, what are some ways to explore the different avenues within the wellness areas to see what works best for me? Another great question. We've got the William & Mary Wellness app, and this mm. was created really to make it as easy as possible for the community to connect to the opportunities that they have available to them. It's handheld. You can see from top to bottom between the counseling center, the student health center, health promotion, the workshops and, and 
the work that you all are providing, and then also the vast array of programs that are available in campus recreation from the outdoor recreation program, the sport clubs, the long list of sport clubs that students can get involved in, which is an excellent opportunity for social connections and also, you know, if there's sports and things that you're interested in, so being able to to connect and then also have those like physical expressions be able to participate in what you want to do. Aquatics, the intramurals, and then of course, again, the fitness classes that we talked about earlier. But that's really an opportunity for you to casually connect with everything, see what's there. And again, once you find something that resonates or if you've done that reflection and have made those connections of what is it that you need in this moment, um, then you can start to connect those dots and and start to get involved and link in with the programs and the professionals that are best for you. And if you have questions about, I'm not really sure what route that is to take, Eric is always a great resource. And you can always email us at wellness.wm.edu. And we'll make sure that with those inquiries, once you send those in, we're getting you connected with the people that will be able to best serve you. One of the things that I like too is if you've done that self-reflection and you realize, you know what, I'd like to work a little of my cardiovascular health which is a physical piece, but I'd like to do something social too. Cardiovascular alone could be you run by yourself, you jog by yourself, you bike by yourself. However, if you notice that your social wellness is lacking or it could use a little boost, it's like, okay, I will be physically distant, but I will exercise in the presence of others. So there are a couple boxes that you could tick at the same time. Rather than trying to look for individual activities, there might be one or two versus seven or eight that would cover a lot of those areas. Mm-hmm. And what would you say to someone that is hesitant to explore these wellness options? Their final question of the day. Yeah, I think, you know, even just showing up is, is participation. There are days when you feel like you can't do anything. Find the one thing that you can do and do that. So maybe I can't do, I don't have an hour to work out in the in the rec center, but do I have a couple minutes throughout the day where I could move something or that I could move myself or if it's the social piece that I could, you know, find those aspects, just that one little thing that for right now, do only what only you can do. And so there there probably is that little aspect of wellness that can get you started. We don't have to go to the blue sky thinking. We don't have to go to, you know, a 90-minute workout or an all-green organic diet. There, there are things that we could do in, in bits and pieces that are adding to our wellness. Things that are awesome, not perfect, right? Fit in that 30-second plank or that 10-second plank or that five-second plank, right? I know I've, yoga practice is, is one of my avenues of wellness, you know, between the physical pieces, the connection pieces that come out of, you know, having that practice. And sometimes my practice is doing a plank for five seconds. Mm. And on days where that is the case, then that's what's awesome that I'm participating. It doesn't have to be perfect. So... I'm glad that we have that saying that's still ringing true. Thank you, Catherine Rowe. Forget forget mm-hmm. perfection. Just go for awesome. Thanks to our listeners for tuning in today. I'm Lindsay Heck. And I am Eric Garrison. And thank you to our sponsor, United Healthcare, for supporting this podcast. Ways to Flourish is produced by Colin Cross, Brittany Emmons, me, Eric Garrison, Ben Heath, Lindsay Heck, Jenny Almondaller, and Daria Moody.